Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, uh, similar to last week on the Backstage Show, we'll be continuing our discussion of the Dramatours Inc. at the Barn Playhouse. Second with, verse, same as the first. Yeah, <laughs> similar to the first. All right. With our guest, Mr. Steve Deneno. Welcome again, Steve. Hey, welcome. Thanks for your hospitality, Jim. I enjoyed no the problem. week. No problem. I enjoyed the week, yes. Yeah, it's been a very long and grueling week. Yes. Yeah, had I known <laughs> breakfast was included, I would have stayed here, too. Yeah, I'm going to start an Airbnb. <laughs> Uh, so last week we were talking uh, mainly about the uh, the building itself, and this week we'll get a little bit more into the dramaturgs, the way they season, run things at this barns, joint. Season, the dramaturgs, yeah. the barn, the barn at the the dramaturgs. What do you prefer to call it, Glenn? I always call it the barn. The barn. The barn. Because the there are no other theaters that operate out of a barn, like all of them. <sighs> yeah, I mean several of them do, but uh, but do any of the others have the barn in their name? No, but mm-hmm. I think some of them kind of informally refer to it as the barn, as in the site where a particular event is occurring as opposed right. to being off-site or remote. Right. Well, I don't... I, you're more involved with the Dramaturgs, Inc. at the Barn Playhouse. Right. So what, Inc. what do you call it? Well, we call it the barn. Okay. We don't call so it... Drama, right. we call it <laughs> we, we call it Dramaturgs if, you know, we're talking to, I don't know, the accountant or, uh-huh. we, you know... Or we're talking to you. Call it yeah. You call it the barn playhouse and all your pre-show announcements. Yes, exactly. Mm. Welcome to the barn playhouse. And and our our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram pages are all like at barn playhouse. Right. I'm sorry, except for Facebook, I think is at dramatours because barn playhouse was taken. (laughs) Um, So there is more than one. yeah, there is more (laughs) than one. But the name actually, the official name is the dramatours, like you said, the dramatours incorporated at the barn playhouse. That's the official legal name of the group, which was decided. Back when the building was, back when the the group, excuse me, was founded in 1934, they mm-hmm. held a contest among all the members, and everybody submitted names for the group, and Dramatours was chosen. And actually, if you go in our lobby and you turn to the right and you look over the hallway to the bathrooms, there is a, I don't want to call it a plaque, I don't know what it's called, yeah. but it's there's a big sign there that says Dramatours, which is original to the building. Wow. wow. So it was when it was turned up, and people have asked me, like, can we take that down? I'm like, no. You can't take that down. It's the oldest thing in the building. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, you know, so the you know the name. Everybody calls it something different. Mm-hmm. There, are, like I said, there are like you said, there are theaters in the area that use barn in their names, like Barnstormers and other places. Yeah, but we'll answer to anything. <laughs> call us anything. Just don't call just me late for dinner. Just show up. Yeah, just don't yeah. call me late for dinner. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I think most people refer to it as the barn. Mm-hmm. Even though it's the building and not the group, the group I guess technically is the dramatists. Right, right. They just happen to be at the barn. Yeah, you know. What happens if you ever move? We won't move. <laughs> no, I <laughs> mean yeah, the building's owned outright. Right. right. We don't pay a mortgage. Yeah. And yeah, we're we're not moving. We're yeah. not going anywhere. That was kind of like Barley Sheaf was looking to move for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, and that's another one. Technically, they're the Westchester and Barley Sheaf players. Right. Because it was two groups that merged. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, you can go back and listen to that episode to find out more about that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much just became Barley Sheaf. But, I mean, it's also the Barley Sheaf players. But right. Who, who calls – there's most, uh, like, uh, village players of Hatboro. 
Right. Nobody calls it the Village Players of Hatboro. Not usually. Sometimes they, they abbreviate as VPH. Yeah. If they're talking kind of in code and right. formally amongst themselves. I mean, like, like Methacton Community Theater and Narberth Community Theater, everybody just takes off the words community theater, and mm. it's just Methacton and Narberth. Sometimes right. they go by the initials MCT yeah, or, MCT or yeah. MCT. Yeah. I guess the barn's one of the few that doesn't have initials that they refer to it by. No, I, I don't. What would you? What would the initials be? Uh, DBP? <laughs> Dramaturgist at the barn. Dab. There'd be an asterisk. You know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like D dab. at B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. So should we talk about the current season? Sure. That's a great idea. Sure. Okay. So well, what's playing? <laughs> our, well, our season opens uh, April the 26th with uh, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And then June 7th, we're presenting an original adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. So Spelling Bee is actually running now. Spelling Bee, yes, is running now. Just yes. opened. So make sure you get your tickets. Pride and Prejudice, and then our youth production. Not is... with the zombies, right? No. Okay. <laughs> Just Pride and Prejudice, not Pride and Prejudice. With I'm no waiting, zombies. I'm waiting for somebody on the mailing list to ask us. If Pride <laughs> and Prejudice and zombies. Will there be zombies? Yes. Um, our youth production is Susical Jr., which opens July 12th. Um, that's that's right. That's a kind of a regular part of... It is season. now. It's it's been for about That's not ten the years. main season, yeah. but no, pretty much yeah. there's a summer youth production. Yeah, if you get if you buy a regular subscription, you do not get a ticket to the youth production, mm-hmm. but it is it's right in the middle. It's for two weekends, and it fulfills our part of our mission as an educational facility. Mm-hmm. Then, as Glenn mentioned last week, we have um, Mama Mia, which opens August the sixteenth, and then we close on September twenty seventh. Uh, for two for three weekends with uh, first date, so that is three musicals. Yes, yeah, three and musicals, play. one straight show, one youth production. one youth production, and yeah. that's kind of become the norm, I think, lately as far as the format of the mm. season. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys have mentioned on other episodes about how theaters pick their shows. Yeah. We tend to have directors submit shows, mm-hmm. right? But the committee, and I don't usually serve on the committee because I usually put into direct, and I find that a conflict of interest kind of conflict I'm on the committee yeah, and I'm think. putting into direct. So they usually decide early on what the format's going to be. Mm-hmm. And the most successful format, much to the chagrin of people who would prefer to do plays, is that three musicals and a play, you know, brings in more revenue. That's right. the best will be, yeah, will be, for, yeah. It is more work and it is more expense up front, but True. it does often but bring in, in much more, more money. Rent. Yeah. So, you know, we, we try to do the, the plays usually either in June or October. Mm-hmm. And we save August, which we consider our main slot. We save that for the biggest musical or the most well-known or, you know. Right. And then the one in May is, you know, the one that we think will maybe draw people in. But um, like I said to you last week before we started, this season did not look like this. Mm-hmm. When it was presented to the board a year ago, three, so? of, three of our four shows were we were denied rights for three out of mm, our four shows. Wow. Ouch. Yes. So Spelling Bee, Pride and Prejudice were were second choices by those directors. We allowed those directors to pick alternates. Is the, that okay. the norm? The, the fallback? Yeah, pretty much. We, we sort of let them decide because we've trusted them with the slot uh-huh. and we sort of help them like if they're. If they're making a choice that, you know, the committee or the board 
doesn't feel will fit with the other shows. Right. We try to help them find alternatives, but uh, mostly we let them pick. That's not a requirement, though, for the application, is it? No, but most people who submit, submit more than one show. Okay. So, or at least in in the last couple of years, most people have submitted like either a play and a musical or two musicals or three musicals or whatever. Mm-hmm. The only show that was never in jeopardy was first date. Mama Mia just got released back in, I want to say August or September of last year. Whenever that Cirque du Soleil thing was happening, the big, the big thing was happening. Cause I remember my wife who is my assistant director and producer we were having dinner in anticipation of going to the Cirque du Soleil, and we had been told Mamma Mia was not an option. And we called the royalty company, and we, they said, well, there is, an op- there is a procedure for getting the show. You can appeal it. You can send an email or a letter stating that you know your theater isn't a threat to the theaters in Philadelphia. And actually, okay. oh, for, wow. for, a lot of royalty, for a lot of the royalty houses, the circle, the radius is 200 miles. So we're actually, wow. for Washington and New York, we're also oh, yeah. a problem. That never occurred to me. Right. So, if it, you know, like <laughs> right now, like right now, I'm a, I'm a huge Aaron Sorkin fan. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to do the current version of To Kill a Mockingbird, which nobody's allowed to do, mm-hmm. I, even if it was available and they were still running in New York, I, we wouldn't be able to do it. Hmm. Huh. So depending on the royalty house. So I filed an appeal and thought nothing more of it. Picked my alternate told the committee they looked at it they said fine my wife marianne and i are sitting down to dinner one day and i get an email from music theater international which says congratulations your application for mama mia has been approved wow you need to pay for it (laughs) and so 30 minutes later there was an electronic transfer of money from the treasurer to mti Mm -hmm. to pay for it because we didn't want to lose it because we were afraid wow as word got out that it was available and the theaters were being granted the right like um Jagantown Music Theater just opened a production. Mm-hmm. And so... Was that where the conflict was? No. The conflict, because according to the contracts, and I think you guys mentioned this before when you were talking about royalties, any any community theater can do any show at any time, and it doesn't matter what other community what other theater community is doing it. Doing. Okay. Only professional theaters can say, I don't want anybody else to do this show. Right. So Which we're we've not, said is ridiculous because right. it's not like these community theaters are competing with... Right. The, the big time. Well, yeah. I mean, the years, 10 years ago when we started our youth production, we did, we put in to do Les Miserables School Edition, mm-hmm. which was only available to schools. And so the person who directed it petitioned Music Theater International, who owns it along with just about every other musical I can think of. <laughs> they petitioned MTI and they actually went to, apparently they said, you know, we're, we're this small theater we have this education mission. We want to do this show. And lo and behold, MTI said, okay, fine. You can do the show that's only available to schools. <laughs> Someone asked why it's not available for adults. And they said, because Cameron McIntosh doesn't want any adult theaters to do this show because he thinks it's a threat to his production in New York. Anything we could do at the barn, as much as I love it and as good as I think things are, is never going to compete with no. anything up in New York. So... But that's the rule. It's well, regardless of the quality of the show, I don't think anybody's like, hmm, I can drive two hours up to New York to see a production on Broadway, or I can drive five minutes up the road and see a community theater. It's just, right. it's a cost and distance thing, regardless of quality. Right. So that, so that was the reason why we couldn't, 
but you got to do just the school version. And to this day, unless you're a professional theater, you can't do the adult version of Les Miserables. Hmm. It's not available. Huh. So in term in terms of, I guess, just the experience of maybe not necessarily knowing which shows you'll be able to get the rights for, is it is there sort of a idea of pick and picking a season that there's a theme in mind for creating um, the season? Well, we've done that in the past, but really it goes it goes to the submissions that we get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate in that I think we do get quite a few submissions for the four slots that we have. So our committee always has to read and, and go through things. But I don't know that we've ever said, you know, like Barley Sheaf just did its 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any play or musical that was written 85 years ago would be one that yeah. would draw directors and actors you know, I mean, I don't know The Shining Hour, which was the first play we ever did in the theater, mm-hmm. but I don't know that anybody would know it enough to say, hey, I want to, I always wanted to do this show. Yeah. Let me come and audition. And that's sort of because we run during the summer when other theaters are well into their seasons, we have to sort of consider, are we picking shows that are going to draw people from the other places where they've worked over the winter mm-hmm. and have gotten used to working? Are they, you know, now we have to try to ask them to come and work for us. So we I don't think we've ever had an, an overarching theme for the longest time. Yeah. I, I guess if you wanted to, you could make the argument, you know, you could find ways to connect the shows, but I don't think we've ever purposely done right. that. I think a lot of theaters, like when they do have some sort of theme, it is kind of wedged into that theme Yeah. as opposed to having that thought out ahead of time. It's hard to get, you know, four or five, six shows that are, playing to the same theme mm-hmm. uh, you know barley sheep's current season i think what they were pushing was oh all the directors are women <laughs> which right. just kind of coincidentally turned out that all the shows that were selected right. had women directors yeah. so they weren't wasn't really a theme per se like i know there was one year where all of our shows the lead characters were women mm-hmm. and so we had talked about maybe making that the theme but it mm-hmm. never really got yeah. to anything beyond that so what i'd like to ask i guess is what is the kind of the overall cycle time from when you get the submissions for a particular season up until the time that the season is finalized and announced and so on? Well, up until this year, we've been announcing two years ahead. Mm -hmm. So what usually happens is around April or May, we put out a notice, hey, if you want to direct, here's the form. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you send the form in or as many forms for as many shows as you want to do. It goes to the committee. The committee meets over the summer, and then in August, they make their final selections after they've read and listened to everything. And then it goes for a vote of the board either in August or in September. And then by the last show, we know what the season is to announce during the October show. Okay. So it takes maybe about, from beginning to end, maybe about six, five, six months. Okay. Yeah, I remember, yeah. like you said, that it was... A bit further uh, yeah. in advance. We didn't. We we're now back to I think working on like we're now working on 2020 and it's 2019. So okay. we're back right, to a year right. ahead. I remember when it when it had gone to two years ahead. I kind of mm-hmm. stopped submitting because I was like I can't think that right. far into the future. Right. And I'd have people that. reach out about can I list you as sound designer for the show that I'm yeah. going to be yeah. directing two years from yeah. now? Maybe yeah. if I get it. Yeah. I don't know what I'll be doing. I don't know, I don't know that I ever said if I get it, but I said, you know, I know this doesn't go up for two years, but would you do this? And no, I, I was thinking of other people. Not <laughs> necessarily all you, things but. being equal, if I'm available. Yeah. yeah. I also, the the other change, so I, I had directed two shows, right? Two right. shows at the bar. Two shows. And, mm-hmm. and acted in, in several others. And yes. I pulled back 
for for two reasons. One of them was the the far in advance, mm-hmm. and I was looking to adopt that. You know, by the time I finished the second one, we were starting to talk about that. Right. The other thing was reducing the non musicals from three weeks to two. Yeah. Um, I, I I've always wondered what was behind that decision. I think it was just because you know the other theaters that you guys work at pretty much work year round, so you mm-hmm. can you can have like two months or six weeks, whatever, between shows to, to build and rehearse. And sometimes, especially now that we've added a youth production in the middle, right. we have three weeks between shows mm-hmm. to build. So I think the impetus for taking the plays down to two weeks was because it's it's two weeks, but it's still six, six performances because right. we do a Thursday and a Sunday matinee. I think the impetus was be- to give everybody some breathing room. Especially mm. towards the end of the summer, you yeah. Know, like, I mean, that definitely makes sense when the the play is in the middle of the season, right? But I know I had uh, bo- both Dracula and Frankenstein were October shows, which kind right. of makes sense for right. that. And I remember Dracula; there was still three weeks. Frankenstein was two, right? And I remembered I briefly mentioned to, I don't even remember who was on the board back then or who I even mentioned it to. Yeah. Was a hey? Is it possible to go to three weeks? And they're like, well, it's still six shows. I'm like, well, yeah, but technically, we'd be just extending further into the off season, right? I think that's, but then October, I think it's maybe more for the, the weather. Yeah, yeah, you the know? heat could be. Or we, like up. Yeah, <laughs> we run we run into the problem sometimes where if we go too far in October, people just don't they don't they don't show up, up yeah. because you know it's 45 degrees outside. Yeah, and like, I'm not yeah. going to a place that's not heated. So that's, that makes sense. That's yeah. a valid point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I just it, it always felt to me that like with a two week run you got all this build up and then it's over so fast yeah, yeah. and that's tough yeah well, from we, the uh, perspective of doing the production yeah, yeah it kind of feels well, that's that why way. if you compare this season to last season in terms of dates mm-hmm. everything is the last two shows are actually pushed up a week okay so first date we wanted to make sure that it ran for three weekends so we made sure that it ended in the beginning so of October early, rather than right. the end of October or the middle so. Yeah. But with the with the non musical in the middle of the season, I guess that makes it easier to push it up a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's where that week. Went. Yeah, and some and some directors, some play directors, they're okay with six. They're oh, yeah. okay with oh, two absolutely. weekends. You I mean, know, some people have not, no. And, and generally, yeah. I don't have a problem with yeah. it. But I mean, I was just like I was saying, there was several reasons, and that was yep. one of those mm-hmm. ones that that stuck in my yeah. head. And those are the, those are usually the two is is the breathing room and, and mm-hmm. the weather. So yeah. do the Thursday shows sell well? They weren't in the beginning, but now they're okay. they're doing better. I, th- I guess yeah. it's people, I think people are getting used, used to, to it. it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you guys also have specific performances that are designated as talkbacks. That's become kind of yes. a regular thing. The second Friday of every run is a talkback. So after the show is over, we give the audience five, maybe ten minutes to go out to the lobby if they don't want to stay, meet with their friends, and mm-hmm. thank and congratulate them, and then the cast is asked to come back in. We They sit on the stage. And it used to be, you know, we get the questions of, how'd you memorize all those lines? Yeah. And now how'd you learn all yeah. those lines? Yeah. Now we're getting, we're actually getting some really interesting questions about the show's theme or its hmm. subject matter or whatever. The last show that I did was uh, a musical called It Should Have Been You, which de- deals with a lot of LGBT issues. Mm-hmm. And so we had... Someone from the William Way Center in Philadelphia come and do a little. We presented her with a check because we had done some fundraising, and she talked a little bit about the center. And there were a lot of questions about that, about that aspect of the play. And 
how the actors felt and whether they felt they were being true to the characters, right. you know, and things. So it was, it ends up being a much better experience now than it used to be. We did a production of The Foreigner a couple of years ago where the talkback was, was not about the play at all. It was about the entire, like, you know, the, the clan and, and yeah, the, right. the racism involved and everything else. Right. And, and it was probably one of the better talkbacks I've sat through. Do, do you think that of. was more uh, also and a matter of the audience adjusting to that and mm-hmm. starting to learn like what they can ask and yep. that kind of thing? Because I, I remember so. back in the day with the uh, how did you remember yeah, those think, lines and that kind of were, thing? I think it's been a while. I think when you did Dracula, we were just starting to do it, or we had only been yeah. doing it a couple. Actually, of years. I don't even think Dracula. I think did it was after one? Dracula. Okay, I remember it was during Frankenstein because I was sick the day of the talkback and I left. Okay, so I wasn't even there <laughs> for that talkback. Right, and we don't re- usually. We don't always require the director to run it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our education chair will run it. Sometimes if the show has a dramaturg, the dramaturg right. will run it. Makes sense. We did a production last year, the year before, of The Games Afoot, which is a Sherlock Holmes-type yep. play. And the gentleman who played the Sherlock Holmes-type character had studied the actor that did the William Gillette. show. Yeah, William yeah. Gillette. Yeah, he had studied, about yeah. yeah, he um, studied him. I don't remember if we talked about the games foot specifically, but I was in another show by the same playwright called yep. Post Mortem. Yes, okay. which is basically that, that. Uh-huh. as a more of a drama. As a, that yeah. games foot has more of a comedic element. A little right? bit, yeah. A little well, bit he of apparently comedy. rewrote, or I don't know which one came first, but he wrote two different plays, and right. one was more of a comedic take, and one was more of a serious okay. take on the same material. Same, okay. The other show, Ken Lug- Ken Ludwig is a playwright. Yeah. Uh, the other the other show is Post Mortem, which I was in at Playcrafters nice. in two thousand five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting that yeah. But so anyway. this gentleman he ran the talkback. Okay. So it doesn't always have to be the person who directs the mm-hmm. show who does it. Side note: I've been to William Gillette's castle. It does exist. Really? Yes, it's in Connecticut. I've heard it's it's very, pretty cool. It's a nice mixture of, I guess, castle design and like yeah. Have, it's very jagged looking. I'll have to send you pictures things, of it. Yeah. Huge bank of windows from what I've from what I've seen. But while you were there, was there any? Murder? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. Just a regular tour day. <laughs> nice so what view else we need of to the river, too. Is it? Okay. So, uh, I guess moving forward, what what are the barn's plans as far as any new ideas or types changes of shows? To season, changes, changes, changes to the season, changes to the building, changes to... Upgrades. Well, we have uh, a five-year plan, which we have in place that we're working on small things right now, but some of the bigger things are, you know, to insulate the roof. I mean, we're always looking for that opportunity to to get that yeah, that winterize. heat in there, you know, winterize the building. <laughs> but, you know, it's things like getting the over our apron, the ceiling over our apron is a combination of, you know, paneling and luon and different things. Mm. So we'd like to drywall that and put recess lights in there for rehearsals so people can, you know, because it does get kind of dark uh, sometimes when you're in there. Yeah. And getting, you know, some real fly space. We're looking at getting an LED lighting system. Cool. And that's the last quote I got on that was around $32,000. So you it's know, less than to, I would have expected, yeah. actually. Well, we, we asked for a for a, a hybrid incandescent LED system. Okay. So. You know, so that's going to take some time mm. to raise money for that. And just, I'm not even sure, like, the, enclosing the overhang is the other big one. 
in the back. Mm-hmm. Over you mentioned, we mentioned before that under the orchestra pit is completely open. Right. We want to enclose that for more storage and different things. So that's another big project, and just you know, bu- thinking, building improvements. And thinking about though, it just occurred to me that that sidewall where yeah. the pit is yeah. only goes up so high, I mm-hmm. believe. So that may affect the sound of the pit. Yeah. If you can close that off. Well, no, I mean underneath. Underneath. The, 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 On the, the outside. Because that's the overhang. Oh, close sorry. And close underneath outside. Outside, yeah. where it's yeah. outside. My mistake. Yeah. No, it's okay. But it's part of the problem. We want to put a, we want to put a new door in mm-hmm. where that nettle door is that you mentioned earlier. I remember and, last year. Yeah. I don't know if it got fixed yet, but I remember last year we had the, uh, the ratchet Yes, ties. no, that's still there because still the door, there. the hmm. door is, the door is fine. It's the frame, uh-huh. so we can't put a new door in there because the frame is not right. Level. And that's all stonework, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. all from the original building. Yeah. So, rather than replace that door, we want to enclose the overhang and then put okay. a, a garage door is what I think we're thinking about mm-hmm. putting in there. Makes sense. So we can raise and lower it to get things in and out. So that's that's part of the, the overall plan and and you know just general things like. You know, our bathrooms need to be redone, and so that's on before we open, or you know, that's being done this week, so we can get that done before we open. And so it seems like a lot things. of like small and medium-sized projects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with that, yep. with that, I, no pun intended, but with the roof hanging overhead, yep. always there. So yep. is it kind of like? Have you guys thought about putting off some of these like medium-sized projects that aren't necessarily needed to try and get the roof, or is that just such a I think Huge I think that yeah I think the um, the focus is right now on taking care of the stuff we can realistically yeah. take care of mm-hmm. because you know for eighty five years we've been running from April to October and, it and really, it's working yeah. yeah it doesn't there's not a problem with extending it we'd like to but um, you know there were a couple of years we did things elsewhere like right. at schools and churches mm-hmm. and we actually did a show at Shenandoah once mm-hmm. just to kind of extend the season a little bit but you know we're pretty we're pretty content with where things are right now. So we're trying to get the building as updated as possible. And then with whatever's left, we'll, you know, write grants or do fundraising to try to get the roof done. Mm -hmm. You forgot one new snake. Oh yes. (laughs) Yes. We purchased a new snake for our sound system. Steve and I have been working on that, trying to get that uh, installed. We were working on that a few days ago. I'm sorry. Weeks ago. (laughs) For those who aren't like, experts on working a with snake tables. and this is not just for theater but this is for any sort of audio house sound sound reinforcement application a snake is basically a bundle of being able to provide a bundle of different audio channels wiring through one yeah. conduit essentially and then having an access panel where that's configurable where um, you can plug in different stage mics into this mm-hmm. or have it routed to outputs to drive speakers Frequently in barn shows, there are monitor speakers, or they actually kind of bleed into the house sound, really, yep. mm-hmm. uh, backstage uh, or downstairs monitor speakers, so people yep. in the green room and the dressing rooms can hear what's going on and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's getting revamped. It's definitely been my impression that there's been a lot of upgrades in that whole system since I've. I mean, it's been what yes. ten years at least since I've done anything there. Yeah, we we now have wireless lavaliers, and and mm-hmm. we have we're getting like handheld wireless handheld microphones and you know the the new snake and that was new, new speakers right? yeah those the wire yeah the wireless yeah. microphones came for in time for spelling bee steve so, and i were uh, just testing the wireless mics yes okay yes jim helps jim helps me with that every year when it's 20 degrees and i appreciate it because he comes it wasn't in. 20 degrees it was like 50 maybe <laughs> heavy jacket you're fine 
Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly. Fun. I had layers. Yeah. So you know, the, we try to make improvements that help the audience with their experience. Yeah. We try to do those first. Yeah. That makes and then sense. the ones you know, and then the ones that help us backstage are important, but they sometimes, if we only have a certain amount of money, the backstage ones will come second. But you took care of one of those this year with the repair to the uh, The stairs. The stairs. stairs, Right. So So I guess that leaves us with uh, any particular noteworthy experiences that the three of us have had at the barn. (laughs) Because we've all worked at shows there at one time or another. We've all worked on the same shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Well, Dracula had all three of us. Right. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. So I directed both of those. Steve did the set design. Jim did the sound design. Yep. Correct. Yep. And then you and I were both on stage for uh, Play Called Breaking Legs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was the mafia boss and you were my hitman. <laughs> yes. I was, I was the strong silent yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> the strong silent type. <laughs> yeah. He just glared a lot. He did. Yeah. He pretty did. much. <laughs> he was very, I glared and ate. He was very imposing. It was, it was yeah. yeah. And then I was telling Jim when we were working, you know, you tend to get, in my experience is you tend to get drafted. Mm. To go to these to these places, I know you guys have talked about. You know, people have come and said, "Oh, I want to get more involved." I didn't really get more involved. I got drafted. Yeah, I I went to Upper Marion High School and had no no sort of interest in theater until my girlfriend at the time said, "I'm in the drama club and we need guys, and you're going to come audition." <laughs> and I said, "Happens okay. to guys a lot." Yeah. So she, the only way I would audition is if we sang together. So we sang. Um, endless love that should tell you what year I went to high school <laughs> and we sang together and I got cast and the person playing the conducting the pit for that show it was roar of the grease paint smell of the crowd there's a old chestnut that nobody ever does chestnuts and, yes huh? <laughs> and uh so the person playing conducting that pit was working on mame at king of pressure players and they needed someone to play older patrick you know, Mame has this ward that's given to her, and when he grows up, they need somebody to play the grown-up Patrick. So mm-hmm. they asked me, and I was at that point, I was like, wow, I can do this, and people applaud. This is fun. <laughs> so I said, okay. And then as it turns out, while I was doing that, the woman who was playing Vera Charles was playing Miss Hannigan at the barn, and they needed people in the ensemble. So she dragged me to the barn, <laughs> and I never left. And there that was 1986. And then he got bitten by the theater bug, yes. as it were. Oh, yeah. Big time, and uh, so, yeah. There's there's been a lot of things, like there's just the barn is it's it's a really you know you can talk about the size of the the size of the stage and everything, but mm-hmm. what I like the the best about it is it's really a place where if you want to do something, if you want to be involved, it's there's a lot of things for people to do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people are very transient. Yeah. In community theater, and they'll go from place to place, especially around here. Like, I've heard stories of people who have a, excuse me, they have a community theater that is the only one in 100 miles. And so everybody goes to that one and they work. And I'm right. like, well, that's not true. I can throw a rock and hit a community yeah. theater around yeah, here. Yeah, in this area. So, you know, so it's very, it's very good when we get people who want to work there and want to stay involved. And so it amazes me. I said this before we started last week that. Jim being the age he is, that he was, what do we say, eight when I started working at the barn? Yes. Yeah, he were eight. So, <laughs> you know, it's been it's been a long time, and it's been a, a big part of my life for a very long time. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of what we've done, as I'm sure every theater should be, because I go to a lot of different plays, and I see a lot of different things. And yeah. 
really, you know, the, the royalty companies should be, some of them should be nervous because a lot of us <laughs> do really good work that, yeah. you know, if I were on a budget and wanted to see a musical, I might go to, you know, Barley Sheaf or the Barn or Village Players and, and see something because I'm not going to get it much better. Yeah, you there's know, a lot of good work you know, in the area for I sure. Would, I would generally say that the quality of shows I've seen at the Barn or been involved with or whatever has been very good. Yeah. 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 And it... And I think what's, what I love is that we all, and you guys have mentioned this before, we all do this because we want to. Mm-hmm. You know, professional actors do it because they want to, but then they also have to think about it's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not my livelihood. So I can pick and choose what I want to do and spend some time. So so I'm glad I got drafted. It has been a long time, but I'm, I'm glad that person did it. And, that, <laughs> and those people that drafted me don't work there anymore. They're, they, they're moved on to other things. So. And you're still there. And I'm how many, still there. About how many shows would you say you've been involved with there? Uh, well, I usually do at least two a year wow. for 32 years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's just at the barn. And I've worked at Forge and I've worked at Playcrafters and mm-hmm. King of Prussia and Methacton and other places. Yeah. So, yeah, I try not to think about that. <laughs> what would I you say you like better, out. directing or acting? I used to think I liked acting, mm-hmm. but I don't think I was ever that good at it. <laughs> so I, I like I like the directing because it's a lot like being in a classroom. Okay, you know, not that my actors are like children, but it's <laughs> that I you know I get to impart some of what I know to them and help make them better mm-hmm. in the process. And then when they leave, I hope they leave my show a little bit better than when they came in. So I think that's a great. That's a great attitude. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more of that when I'm directing. <laughs> I just want to put on a good show. I want it not to stink. <laughs> <laughs> Don't suck up there. Yeah, that, that, That's what I say every time. But yeah. Not really. But I, I do agree with what you guys have said, that directing Don't is mess up. 90% casting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you've got a good cast in there, your your work is a lot easier, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably about ties things up. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you for joining us yeah. these last couple of weeks. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Have you back sometime and talk about something besides the barn? Not, not a problem. <laughs> I don't know how much, um, how much knowledgeable I would be about anything else, but you're welcome to come so and have me talk. Probably more knowledgeable than we are. <laughs> we do this every week. So please be sure to tune in next week. And if you have any comments or uh, questions, you can email us at podcast at backstage.link. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the Backstage Pod. Check cool. us out on Facebook also. That's uh, also at, well, not really, at the Backstage Pod. It's facebook.com slash the Backstage Pod. Or you can leave us a voicemail or text message at 267-225-8869. And if you like the show, please consider subscribing if you haven't already. Please leave reviews. Please tell your friends. Yes, preferably good reviews. Yeah, not the... Not yeah, those, <laughs> you can just email us the bad reviews and we'll... No, I don't want to know. I'll, I'll just delete them. Okay. Yeah. So until spam, yeah, <laughs> the bad reviews automatically go into the spam because <laughs> it can tell it's that smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So until next week, whatever uh, topic that will bring us, uh, I'm Glenn and I'm Jim, and thank you for joining us backstage. Bye bye. Welcome, my friend. I've been expecting you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That's the first thing I... Have I even told... Ted Turner, what? All right, we're back. I don't know where to leave off. I don't know. There's your commercial break. (laughs) It reduces every stutter and stammer on Jim's part. Well, no, that I have to do manually. (laughs) 
behind the scenes at the backstage. That's yes. great. <laughs> I'm learning so much today. Usually when we record here, it's just like this. See? Oh see, see, see. What? I told you. See? Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. You're welcome. Hey, Aaron, go to Home Goods on your way home and pick up a kitchen timer. I don't think she can hear you. No. <laughs> She's not going to get this message in time. <laughs>